You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Well, praise the Lord. This is Charles Rodas, your host. It's great to be with you again today with the Everything Apostolic podcast. And we're going to tackle uh, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. A very intriguing uh, chapter here in the book of Romans. Uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, it is believed uh, by virtually everyone to be the writer of the book, um, of course, because he states out at the very beginning, uh, chapter 1, verse 1. So we're going to see what he has to say here uh, through the uh, inspiration of the Holy Ghost uh, to the church in Rome, Italy of the day. So, uh, yeah, chapter 6 and verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Hmm. We're going to take one or two verses at a time. Quite intriguing verse here. And uh, I say that because the way it is written here uh, with this chapter, and to get a full, a full and complete understanding, you know, several chapters here need to be read. Uh, 6, 7, and 8 really go together. But we're going to focus here on chapter 6. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in grace that, that, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And it's amazing in the Christian church world today, and not so much in the apostolic church, but in the non-apostolic churches, many of them, or most all of them, believe that, that grace is like a rolling, uh, this is my definition of how they teach it, uh, it's like a rolling automatic um, fulfillment of grace because you sin every day and grace is automatically applied. You, you continue to sin and grace is automatically applied. You continue to sin day after day and grace is automatically applied. That's kind of the thought that I've heard over and over through the years from the, the denominal church world. Now, that's not a critical statement, but we're here to preach the truth of God's word and, and to expose the lie. Because just looking at this verse by itself and then following down, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Paul's asking a question. He's like, he, he's, you can tell the way it's worded that Paul feels that this is a, a, a great error in belief to think that we should continue in sin so that grace may abound no god has not called us to continue in sin god did not save us in our sins he saved us from our sins 
Oh, yes, he did. He saved us from our sins. Okay, so look at verse 2. God forbid, he answers his own question. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. In other words, that's a ridiculous question. God forbid that we, we would think that we could just continue in sin because we have grace. Grace is not a license to sin. People don't understand grace today. Uh, just about anyone you listen to, like I said, especially outside the apostolic church, they act like sin is just this, or, or grace is this thing that you, you have, you know, it's, they won't, they won't say it that way, but it's the way they talk. Okay. This is why I don't spend time listening to preachers that are not saved. No, you know, we know what it takes. We know Acts 2.38, don't we? You know, we know that. And if somebody's not obeyed Acts 2.38, where's he getting his revelations from? If a man does not have the Holy Ghost, where's he getting his revelation from? Okay, the Holy Ghost is the teacher. And if he doesn't have the Holy Ghost, who's his teacher? All right. Uh, going to Bible school with a bunch of men and women that teach the Bible that don't have the Holy Ghost? What good is that? What good is that? Sure, they can know some Greek and Hebrew and they can read that and have some, you know, have some truths. But full truth comes by revelation of the Spirit. Okay, back to verse 2. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin? Dead to sin. I think about those words, dead to sin. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? What is being dead to sin? Okay, there's there's a misnomer today about that verse right there. All right, let's let's um, let's just take a look at it. God forbid. All right, God forbid that we should continue in sin that grace may abound. <clears throat> How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? If you're dead to sin, means you're not committing sin. The idea that you have to sin every day is a lie from the devil. It's a lie from worldly churches. It's a, it's a lie from preachers that don't have the Holy Ghost. That's right. And, and God forbid, let me use Paul's words, God forbid that this teaching would be in the apostolic church. I, I don't know that it is. I am not aware of anyone, but who knows um, what what is taught around the world, even in churches that believe that Acts 2.38 is the salvation message. But hopefully it's it's not. All right. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? He's asking a question. How are you going to live in sin? Why in the world would you believe that you have to sin every day? Who told you that you have to sin every day? Did Jesus say that in his word? Did, did Paul write that you have to sin every day? That's not from God. To say that you have to sin every day. That teaching is not a godly teaching. It's not a biblical teaching to say, oh, we sin every day. And some will say, well, I may be sinning and I don't know it. Well, then you need to study your Bible and uh, find out what sin is. I mean, I don't want to be so ignorant of the scripture. And I know new, especially new converts, new converts, are ignorant of the scripture that's not it's just uh, you know they're new babies they're new babies in christ they can't come in knowing what some of us seasoned christians know 
<clears throat> no, I don't know it all, like you don't know it all, but at the same time, we should know what offends God. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God, we have the Word of God. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Paul is telling, if you're dead to sin, why are you living in sin? Okay, How are you living in sin if you're dead to sin? You're not. You're one, doing one or the other. You're either dead to sin or you're living in sin. Wh which is it? If you're living in sin, you're not dead to sin. But if you're dead to sin, you're not sinning. Okay? If I fall into sin, that means I wasn't dead to sin. I wasn't dead. I wasn't dead to sin because I sinned. <clears throat> if you sin, that means you're not dead to sin. Okay? You can't have it both ways. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Okay? We make mistakes. We make mistakes. Before, you know, we, we do sin because of our carnal nature. Okay? And we're not dead to sin like we should be. Praise God. Now, this is not a teaching of criticism or <clears throat> condemnation, but it's really a teaching of revelation to know what we should be leaving. We're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back with you. If you haven't heard about my book on fasting, it is titled Fasting Secrets Revealed. This is Brother Rodas. Uh, here are a few of many exciting testimonies about my book. Uh, w. Garden says, I've read numerous books on fasting and this one is probably the best. Stephanie B. writes, excellent read and I've read a lot of books on fasting it was fresh content that really is inspiring fc warren writes the last six or seven months i've read probably eight or nine books on fasting this book is probably one of my favorites on the subject because i feel a spirit of faith and revelation at work in this book simple but powerful this book will ignite a fire in you for fasting and one more uh, by Vivian F. I purchased this book on fasting and it's the best book I've ever read on the subject. Now, Fasting Secrets Revealed was ranked number one in Amazon Bible study. Fasting Secrets Revealed is, was featured in IBC Perspectives magazine. And fasting Secrets Revealed is one of the most mentioned books in Apostolic Review in 2020. Now, you can get Fasting Secrets review, uh, Revealed on Amazon or my website. Save a little money on my website, which is www.charlesarotis.com. All right, let's get back into Romans chapter 6, right back into verse 2. All right, God forbid... How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death, baptized into Jesus Christ. What is that talking about? It's talking about water baptism. When you were water baptized, if the name of Jesus was invoked over you, 
in the baptism, minus any titles. If, if the words Father, Son, Holy Ghost were spoken over you during the baptism, you would need to get rebaptized. The name of Jesus, or Jesus Christ, or Lord Jesus, those are the examples we have in the New Testament Bible. If that name of Jesus was not invoked over you, all right, you need to be rebaptized. Okay, let's go back up to verse 2. There's so much to say about this. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So let's talk about being dead. Let's say there's a chain smoker. Let's say there's a man and he loves his Marlboros. Okay? Two packs a day, three packs a day. He smokes. He's smoked for 40 years, 50 years. He dies. Okay. And um, you go to his funeral. Oh, there he is. He's in the casket there. He's passed away. He's been embalmed. He's dead. Okay. Um, is he reaching out? Is he asking for a cigarette? No, because he's dead. Is he thinking about a cigarette? No, because he's dead. Does he want a cigarette? No, because he's dead. <clears throat> now, somebody could come in and lay a, a, a carton of Marlboros on his torso, okay, on his chest. He's laying there. His hands are folded. He smoked two packs, three packs a day for 40, 50 years. Okay, you could lay the uh, carton of mar Marlboros on his chest. He's not going to grab them and try to open the carton, okay? You can lay a pack of cigarettes on his Put them right there in his hands, all right? A pack, just his hands are folded. Put a sack, pack of cigarettes, marbles in, in his hands there. He's holding them. Is he, is he going to move? Is he going to open the pack? Is he going to ask for a lighter? No, because he's dead. You could take a cigarette out of the pack, and you could pry his lips open. You could put it between his lips. He's laying there in the casket. Is he going to try to smoke it? Is he going to try to inhale? Uh, you could even light it, Okay. Is he going to inhale anything? Is there going to be anything that comes out of his nose or out of his mouth because he's inhaling? No, because he's dead. He's dead. He's dead to everything. All right? When you're dead to sin, guess what? <laughs> when you're dead to sin, let's say if cigarettes was your thing and now you're dead to sin, you don't smoke. I'm not saying you're past temptation. You never get past temptation. Jesus was tempted. The Bible says, in all points as we are yet without sin. And you know that sin and temptation is two different things. But it says here, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Hmm. If you're dead to sin, that means you're not reaching for it. That means you're not doing it. Okay? It doesn't matter. You're not doing it. You're not reaching for it. Okay, sure, you can be tempted. You can overcome. Because you're tempted doesn't mean you should go ahead and do it. You could be, the Bible says in James that every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust, his own desire. Okay, so, you know, we have to remain dead to sin. You could be dead to sin for today and a whole week and whatever, but all of a sudden, you know, you let up your prayer life for a little bit. You know, you're not fasting. You know, the word of God has not really been in your mind and you just kind of live in the life, live in your life. Maybe you're still going to church. You're not backslid, but you get carnal. You get carnal. And then your old man, your old sinful nature begins to live again. It begins to thrive again, begins to want and desire carnal things and desire carnal things. And not that, <clears throat> uh, pardon me, not that, um, 
desire can be looked at as a temptation, but when you are seeking it out and you when you are fulfilling it, that's where the sin is, okay? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer there? If you're dead to that, okay, you're tempted tonight, you're tempted tomorrow, and the next day, the next day, sure, you're going to be tempted until you die. You're going to always be tempted. But guess what? You're an overcomer through Christ. How are you going to live in sin if you're dead to sin? If you're dead to sin, how are you going to live in sin? How, how can you do both? You cannot do. That's what Paul is saying. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You cannot live in sin. If you're living in sin, you're not dead to sin. Okay? You're dead to it because it simply means you're not committing sin. You're not doing the sins that you used to do. Unfortunately, a lot of people are committing sins. And they have not matured to the place where they even, you know, been living for God for some people decades. And and, and they they live like almost like a babe in Christ. Because it could be the church they attend. It could be because they choose to be an immature Christian and, and not have any spiritual growth. Of course, that's on them, all right? But that's not an excuse. It says in Acts that God once winked at ignorance, but now commands men everywhere to repent. God once winked at ignorance. At one time, he overlooked some things. At one time, he kind of, you know, almost like closed his eyes to some things. But now, now, in this day and hour we're living in, he commands all men everywhere to repent. Repentance, fleeing from sin, fleeing youthful lust. All right, verse 3. All right, let's, we, we did that. Let's skip that now. Verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. There it is, water baptism. So when you were buried, when you were baptized in Jesus' name, your old man was buried. You repented. Repentance, you know, many say repentance is means you're dead to sin. No, repentance means you died. But the question is, did you revive an hour later? <laughs> you know, did you allow your old sinful nature to revive the next day, the next week, or the next year? Did you allow that sinful nature to revive? Because if you're sinning every day, the old man is alive. I said the old man is alive if you're sinning every day. But so when you repent it, okay, let's say in a church service, a person repents. They truly repent. You know, they want to live for God. This is it. What do we do? We take them to the pools of, of baptism. We submerge them completely under. We invoke the name of Jesus over them. All right, that's we're baptizing him uh, into Jesus Christ. All right, so when we say we baptize you in, I have the habit of saying, I baptize you into the name of Jesus Christ. Because that's what in means. It means into. We're literally baptizing somebody into Jesus Christ or the body of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead 
by the glory of the Father, even we, even so we also should walk in newness if, of life. If you are living in the sinful life, you are not walking in the newness of life. Newness, newness of life indicates that you're not living for the old man anymore. See, the worldly churches and the carnal teachers out there, they want you to think that you have to sin every day, that you will somehow sin every day, even if you don't know it. That is a lie. You do not have to sin every day. You should not be sinning every day. All right? Sin means to miss the mark. All right? Yeah, you're going to make mistakes and you're not knowing it, but what are you aiming to do? That's what that's what sin is about. You're looking at the original, I believe the old original English, old English translation, maybe it's Hebrew, I can't remember right now, but it, it, it refers to an archer with a bow and arrow in a contest with other against other archers. And there's a judge standing by. He shoots an arrow. He misses the bullseye. And the judge says, you have sinned. That means you have missed the mark. That's where that, that, that's where that comes from. To miss the mark means to sin. If you're aiming to do right and you have done wrong, that is what sin is. All right. <clears throat> uh, verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, there's another analogy of baptism. Yes, if we've been planted together. You put a seed in the ground, you dig a hole, you put a seed, you cover it back up. That's like going in the water, under under the water, submersion, immersion, brought back up. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now watch, look at verse 6. Incredibly powerful verse here. Okay. Knowing this. He didn't say misunderstanding this or it's a mystery we can't understand. He said knowing this, that our old man, that old Charles Rhodes, is crucified with him. Did not Paul say, I die daily? Did not Jesus say, take up your cross daily and follow him? Isn't that the way it's been worded with other passages as well that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin see this body my frame my six foot one two hundred and none of your business pounds <laughs> uh, that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin the old man has to be constantly crucified mortify mortify therefore the deeds of your body Another of Paul's writings, mortify the deeds means, mortify means to put to death. You've got to put to death. That's why, like Paul again said, I die daily. He didn't mean that he repents daily, even though you might need to. I don't repent every day. If, if, I, if I don't believe that I've sinned that day, I don't necessarily repent. I'm not just repenting on a, you say, well, you know, maybe you've been taught to. Okay, well, then you do that if that's what you've been taught. But I don't believe that I sin every day. I don't believe that I do. See, well, bad thought goes through your mind. If I haven't let that thought lodge and muse, mused upon it, listen, your your mind is is somewhat open to the attack of the enemy. 
And you can't help that every thought comes into, any thoughts that come into your mind. You can resist them. You can let them go and let them pass on. You didn't sin because something passes through your mind. But if you stop it there and you hold on to it and you muse on it for a time and you think about it and begin to desire it or, you know, think that's a good thing or whatever, then, yeah, it's very possible that you have sinned in your thoughts. Okay, but so don't let the devil condemn you thinking that you have sinned just because something came into your mind, but you let it go. You resisted that. You're not interested. You don't want it. That was a temptation of the mind. You let it go. You didn't sin. Okay, so I hope that clears that up for you. If you misunderstood, that's very, very important. Let's read that again. Knowing this, that that our old man, the old Charles wrote us, okay, before I was born again of the water and spirit, is crucified with him. That the body of sin, my body of sin, my sinful body, my sinful nature might be destroyed. Got to be destroyed every day. That henceforth we should not or I should not serve sin. Serve. If I'm serving sin, I am the servant of sin. I'm not a servant of sin. You should not be a servant of sin. Because if you are a servant of sin, you're a servant of the devil. If you're a servant of, of sin, you are not a servant of Jesus Christ. Okay? If you're sinning every day, you are a servant to it. Uh, evidently, you have a ball and chain on your ankle, and you're dragging that ball around <clears throat> like an old prisoner from old times, and you are bound to that. You are a servant to that. You do what you're told when, you're, when your master tells you to do wrong, you do it. Okay, that means you're a servant to sin. I hope that you're not. We should not be a servant to sin. Now you fall here and there, and once in a while you make a mistake. That doesn't mean you're a servant. But if you're constantly sinning every day, every day, every day, several times a day, well, you, you, we might call you a servant of sin. But I want to give you good news. You can overcome that, and you can stop that today. By this truth. Now, what does that mean? Jesus said, you shall know the truth. He didn't just say a blanket statement, the truth shall make you free. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is something now you know. What I'm teaching you is the truth. You don't have to walk in sin. You don't have to live in sin. You don't have to abide in sin. All right? That henceforth we should not, not, not serve sin. That's the latter part of verse 6. That henceforth from this time forward we should not serve sin. Romans 6 and verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. It's not talking about dead in the grave or dead in the casket. I was using that physical analogy to say that we can be the same way in the spirit. Okay, there are, um, a man told me recently how he was set free from homosexuality. Okay, a man testified to me recently how that he was so bound by this spirit he was wearing women's clothes and he was doing all these crazy evil things he said but god has delivered me he said i'm literally not even tempted with it today i'm not even tempted praise god now that's a beautiful and wonderful testimony of the power of god isn't it for he that is dead is freed from sin are you freed from sin we need to be free a man that has let go of the prison, what does he do? He, he's not wearing that orange jumpsuit or whatever you know they wear in certain prisons. No, but he's given new clothes. He's given a new life. He's given a new lease on life. He's got a new joy. 
okay? He can breathe new air now because he was freed. He was freed as, as he was a prisoner. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Are you free from sin? Not, not, not kind of free, but he that is free. You need to be free from. Hmm. Free from sin. Are you free from anything in life? All right. Somebody might have had cancer, and their cancer's been in remission for five years. You know what they, they can say? I'm free from cancer. I, I'm free from it. Well, doesn't mean they have a little bit. Doesn't they have some today and a little bit tomorrow? No, they're free from that cancer. Praise God. So just trying to use an analogy here to help you understand, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. <clears throat> we're dead to sin, but we're live unto Christ. We're lively stones unto the Lord. We're dead to sin, but we're alive in Christ. We're dead to the old man. Okay? The, the, the temptations of this world should not lure us like they used to. Okay? Now, if you're a new Christian and you're a new believer and maybe you were just born again, Okay, sure, there's a whole lot to learn. And um, this is to help you and encourage you and to strengthen you. Okay, to let you know that you can be an overcomer. If you fall for the next seven days, the next 30 days, the next, you know, 500 days, don't quit. Don't quit. God don't want you to quit no matter what. I said he does not want you to quit. He wants you to know that you can be freed from all of your sins. That's right. You can be totally free. Handcuffs off. Okay, uh, no more uh, monitor on your leg to track down where you're at. No, you're free. You're free to go. You're free in Christ. You've, you've been set free through the name of Jesus. All right, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse 9, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So death has, doesn't have a dominion over us. We know that in, if the Lord doesn't come in our lifetime, we're going to die in, our human bodies are going to die. But we we have received eternal life. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death doesn't have dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So we have eternal life sure we're gonna we we die to sin and that eternal life will get us to heaven verse 11 likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin boy we just keep running into that that is let me see here just looking in romans 6 to this point we have read that word dead one two three i believe this is the fourth time in verse 11 that we have read where the Apostle Paul is talking about you and I being dead to sin. Isn't that something? So let's start again. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves. You need to reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. I'm telling you what the Bible says. I'm telling you what God says. I'm not giving you my opinion. This is right smack right in the middle of you know, the New Testament, uh, this new covenant we have. 
that Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, wants you to know that you can live victory, that you can live above sin, that you do not have to commit sin, that you're not a servant of sin. You don't wear uh, an orange jumpsuit as a prisoner to sin. You don't have a ball and chain. You're not behind bars uh, of sin. No, no, no. No. But you are free from sin. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. You're dead to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're alive through Jesus Christ. We're dead to sin. Well, I just believe we. you have to sin every day. Everybody sin because... No, no, we have a new nature. See, that's why if you were truly born again, See, see, you were born once in the natural, and that was the sinful nature. And when you were living for sin, that's what you lived for. But us that have been born again of the water and spirit, we don't live for that anymore. We live unto righteousness. Well, righteousness is just applied. Well, sure, righteousness is applied, but we need to walk worthy of God. Okay, we need to live. If we need to repent, repent. All right? It's not a rolling automatic grace when you sin okay if you sin you need to repent you need to ask god for forgiveness a true heartfelt prayer of repentance and then doing an about face doing what you have to do to overcome so that you do not continually fall into that thing if it's something that's causing you to sin well then you know if you haven't been able to overcome after a while Maybe you need to get rid of something. Uh, maybe you do. And, and that will be your call. That will show the seriousness that you have toward living righteous or living in sin. Okay, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Wow, check this out. Let me get a drink of water. So, let not sin. There's something where you have, um, you have say so. <laughs> Let not sin therefore reign. You have save, say so in this thing. Let not sin therefore reign. Don't let it. Paul is saying, don't let sin reign. A king is on his throne and he reigns as the king, right? He calls the shots in his kingdom. Don't let sin, lying, Adultery, fornication, cussing, anger, jealousy, resentment, strife, fighting, all these things. Don't let them reign in your mortal, your human body. Don't let them reign in you. Don't let sin be the king on your throne, the throne of your heart. If sin is reigning, if sin is reign, R-E-I-G-N, mm -hmm. reigning, controlling, having the say-so, calling the shots. If sin is reigning in your mortal body, sin is the king on your throne. Oh yeah, Jesus is not. Let not sin. You, you make up your mind, see. The devil cannot force you. Let not sin. You call the shots. You make up your mind. You decide. You are a free moral agent. Let not 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts or in the desires, the over-desires thereof. All right, so let's go to the next verse here. Verse 13. Neither yield your, ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto God. Well, that's a long verse. Neither yield ye your members as instruments your hands, your feet, your legs, your arms, your eyes, your ears. Don't yield your members, the members of your body, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't yield to them. Don't yield. Paul is saying, don't yield. Don't let your body yield to these things. Well, I just want a cigarette. Don't don't let your hands yield to that. Don't don't let your body yield to that. Okay? Uh, or that anger or whatever it is. Don't let your body yield to that. Don't give in to that. Don't give it the right of way. Don't allow your body to do that. Get away from it. Flee, youthful lust. Flee, run. Get away. Get yourself strong. All right, start worshiping God loud. Start praising God. Lift your hands up and start praising God. Turn the music, gospel music on loud. Get some apostolic preaching on. Turn it up loud and, and, and get your mind off that thing that wants to pull you away. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto God. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. You're dead to sin, but you're alive unto Christ. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Praise the Lord. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin cannot make you. Sin cannot make you. You can be ignorant and do wrong. That's between you and God. I, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to take a chance on being lost. I don't want to take a chance on using ignorance as an excuse. Well, so-and-so is doing it. The rest of the church is doing it. Pastor, don't preach against it. I never heard nobody preach against it. It doesn't matter. You have to answer for yourself. If you go to, if you, If you make it to heaven, it's because you made it to heaven. It's going to be nobody else that got you there. If you're lost, it's going to be because that was your doing. Nobody, you have no one to blame. That's why you got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, the Bible says. Let every man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. That's another scripture. Verse 14 again, for sin shall not have dominion over you. It cannot control you. It cannot, it doesn't have a noose around your neck and, and tightening it and, and have you in chains. No, 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 no. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law. We're under grace. Grace frees us. Free. Grace teaches us to be free from sin. That's what Peter said. Another verse. Grace teaches us to be free from sin. It, it teaches us to deny all ungodliness and worldly lusts, to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. That's what grace does. It teaches us to live right. That's what Peter said. 
All right, for sin shall not have dominion over you. I'm going to stop this right now at verse 14, and we're going to pick this up, Lord willing, on the next podcast and begin again and finish Romans chapter 6. I do appreciate you listening. Uh, If it wasn't for you, well, I guess I would have no listeners. Thank you so, so very much. Don't forget to share everything apostolic. Until next time, this is Brother Rodas, your host. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.